Good evening. Nothing like the sound of seagulls to start the show. It's one of those days, uh, so I'm led to believe. But here we go. Episode 83 of So What's Been Happening. It's Wednesday, Thursday night, the 15th of September. Uh, we look forward to this one. There's a lot on at the moment. There's the Wallabies uh, playing right now against the All Blacks at Etihad Stadium in a close one. Uh, we've got a big fight on right now, um, or about to be tonight with Bazali, a boxer, fighting two opponents on the same night, which is, a, I think, something pretty new, fair to say. Um, I'll take my hat off to Paul Gallen. Uh, many uh, don't like the guy, and fair to say there's two guys that are going to try and take him down. So it's going to be an interesting one, that's for sure. So let's see where that goes. I'm sure Lovey will have an opinion on that one. All right, let's bring up the boys quickly, and we'll have a quick chat about what's been going on. Um, but before we bring them up, I'm going to hit with the famous 83s. For everyone there, risky business, flash dance, uh, cuz surely there's a few favorites in there. What do you reckon, cuz? Couple of great albums and movies in there, mate. Like as you said, the, the two you mentioned, flash dance, um, Jennifer Beals. I think she um stirred many a heart of a young man by the way she danced and moved her way around in that movie, and obviously, um, watching the how very a much younger Tom Cruise um, doing his wonderful sock dance across the floor to um, Bob Seger's song. Great memories, mate. Great times. And also in the, in the little collage of um, nice year to put the bombers in 83. That was another wonderful year for us. We got beaten by then a record margin of 83 points, but luckily a couple of years later, or the next two years, we were, Lucky enough to win it, but yeah, we'll talk about them a bit later on. We sure will. And um, National Lampoon's Vacation. <laughs> uh, what a what a lead in to uh, Lovey. Let's bring him up. Welcome, great man. How that? How are you, boys? How that thing never won the Academy Award? I don't know. It was uh, it was ripped off. It was robbed. Um, ah, eighty three. It was um, quite the year. It introduced the first time I heard about Doctor J. In the NBA, um, yeah. what a freak! What an absolute freak of nature he was. He was Jordan before Jordan. So, if anyone doesn't know, look him up. Look at his highlight reel. It's as good as any you'll ever see. Um, yeah, cars. That was that was horrific. That grand final. I remember as a seven-year-old kid watching it, and I said to Dad, "Do we have to follow Essendon anymore after that?" <laughs> I'm glad we did. So. Um, I should have known that things are going to go bad. Um, and obviously, you've met both my 
mum and dad, either on real time or on here, but my dad left at three-quarter time in the 83 grand final. And as you know, I'm a bit older than you, so I was 13. So I just went to Richmond Station and said to the police officer, I said, oh, look, my dad, I'm pretty sure he's on the train, but he's left me. In different times, the copper said, okay, mate, just hop on the fence and train, you know where you got to go. <laughs> so I got home and I said to dad, what happened? He goes, oh, well, we're shit and I just went home. I said, oh, okay, <laughs> all good. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think I don't think um, I don't think the port left my dad's mouth after about three quarter time for the rest of the night. I reckon he he was pretty pissed off about life <laughs> in that day. But um, no, eighty three. Some of the some some of the albums, the Police was that was just an amazing album for me. That was my favourite album that year. I was just getting into music as a seven year old kid, and you see all those. Uh, you see some some of the occasional videos that popped up in morning. Kids shows and all the rest of it, we were watching it, and uh, the police did it from miles on to them straight away. But um, we'll touch on this maybe later on. But when I was seven years old, it was the first time I ever held a cricket bat. A bit late than a bit later than some blokes, and I've um, actually decided this year to go back to cricket after twenty years. So uh, there it is. This will be what uh, gets me through the the summer months, and uh, can't wait to put a few over the fence and uh, back over the bowler's head for a change. It'll be uh, it'll be good fun. So there, 1983. Nice. We will be coming down to watch, mate. That's right, mate. You can catch them over the fence for me. <laughs> oh, I suppose oh, uh, cricket, we're talking pre-season almost. Um, must be getting close. Almost in-season straight away, yeah. Yep. Yep. And there could be a few tat bets going on too if you, if you play your cards right. <laughs> Righto. Look out. Um, oh, hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. You're not the also, nine, minutes, nine minutes and 43 seconds into the show that was declared. Lovely. Very early. Righto. Um, Cuz, tell me a little bit about uh, trials and tribulations of your last 24 hours. Oh, it's been a... Um... It's been a great week, mate. As, as you are aware, I'll declare I'm, I'm working at Oakley Grammar now as a learning assistant, so I love doing that, and it's great to get back into that that field. I'm enjoying it immensely. We've had um, city experience, which a lot of high schools do for year nine students, so we've been to a lot of iconic landmarks around the sort of city, and it was run by a sort of company for the first sort of three days, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Obviously, Oakley Grammar's got a pretty strong... Um, Hellenic connection, so to their local sort of Greek community and the wider Greek community. So obviously today we did a bit more focusing on that. So that was good as well. So getting it open and learning about other cultures, which is which is always fantastic and um, enlightening. And the day was sort of drawing to an end around lunchtime. Um, unfortunately, I was meant to catch up with my esteemed colleague here. But I was sort of I was in a church at one stage, and then we went to the Greek cemetery, uh, Greek museum, and also to one of the Hellenic centres, and just got some more information. And then when we went to that great icon of Melbourne's Greek community stalactites, and had a souvlaki, and the kids all ordered souvlakis, whatever, we made our way back towards Fed Square to as a meeting port and to dismiss the kids and let them go home around about three o'clock. Going beautiful, kids were behaving excellently. And then it went a bit pear-shaped. So we, kids are a bit restless being the fourth day of a four-week sort of prolonged excursion. Uh, 
we dismissed them around three o'clock, myself and another teacher. And it's funny, I'm, I'm laughing as I'm telling the story. Myself and another teacher sat down and sort of finished off the sort of food that we had or started to eat the food that we had. And then all of a sudden, and it didn't, the grass didn't feel, it was the fake grass, if you know Fed Square at all, near the stage area there, we're sitting there and it didn't feel wet, but that wasn't a concern. It was just nice to start eating the food. But all of a sudden, I said to my colleague, I said, oh, watch out for the seagulls because they just came out of nowhere and they started sort of almost pecking at her and her food and she lost her souvlaki and, of course, I got up and may have um, dropped a couple of choice words and then before you know it, they'd taken my souvlaki. It's going, <laughs> it's dropped my can of Coke. So I've, like Alan, calm, coolly, the can got thrown, the souvlaki got thrown in the bin. And then my other colleague who wasn't eating, she looked over to me and she goes, Glenn, I'm really sorry. I did see the birds coming towards you, but I was too busy laughing at the other colleague to warn you. So I said, thank you very much. Fast forward, I think you've probably got the Just photo. Go on, mate. I think I've got a little bit of footage. Give me a second. Oh, thank you. <laughs> It's looking a hell of a lot like you, Rosie. That's very similar how it happened too. You've amazingly to get that footage so quickly as you once again you show what a magical man you are with the buttons. Surveillance cameras. Uh, hang on, hang on. Does that mean you were asleep on the job instead, cars, rather than no, a No, I was exactly. wide awake despite the moniker that you gentlemen are giving me again tonight. Thank you for that. And before you go on, um, cars, let me explain this moment. What happened here? <laughs> well, that's... <laughs> As we spoke about, as always on this show, I know, I know it happens off camera, stays off camera. Not. Um, that's when I sat down on the um, on the fake grass at Fed Square, and to be honest, I didn't actually feel it was wet, not at all. Yeah, <laughs> yes. As a certain person that I'm very close to and very dear to her heart, and hopefully hers mind, said to me. She goes, are you okay? And then her next text was, you clearly weed yourself. If I weed myself from that end, I'm in a bit of trouble. As it is, I'm probably in a bit oh, of trouble anyway. If I can, hang on, if I can weed myself around the back of my pants, I reckon I'm pretty loaded personally, but, you know, that's okay. <laughs> so that's all good. Had a laugh. And look, we, we all had a laugh about it, but it just having seen and being a bit of a fan of the old Alfred Hitchcock movie, like Psycho and the birds and shows like that, I thought this is this is the birds. This is this is how it happened. Yeah, tough day, fair to say. And uh, oh. shout out to the Gooch uh, all the way to Canada. Early morning over there. Um, welcome back, mate. Um, it'd be good to see you soon. So let's uh, let's say a quick happy birthday to the great Warwick Kappa. Yes. This was one of the great marks of all time. Uh, Fifty nine. Who would have thought? 59 already. Yep. It's time's creeping on, that's for sure. The whiz. 
It was absolutely. And and on the on the topic of birthdays and, and remembering greats, um, gone to God, um, Test cricketer and former Melbourne football um, VFL footballer Max Walker. It's his anniversary today as well. Right. Thanks for bringing that to the table. Yeah. Um, what we will do, let's get the quick tributes out of the way. Um, obviously, cuz close to the royal family, mate. Um, Queen Elizabeth II <laughs> uh, sadly passed away. 96, not a bad innings. Um, an icon for many. And with weird sliding doors kind of moment, almost not long after the great Uncle Jack Charles passed Uncle away. Jack, yeah. So... Uh, it's incredible the debate and discussion now around the monarchy and who we should be acknowledging and all that. But this is a whole discussion of who becomes king in another story, in another debate. So we'll just leave that one alone for now. It's an interesting topic, that's fair to say. So, Lovey, I'm going to give you a bit of a task during the show is to keep us updated with a Wallabies and All Blacks update. Um, so I need you to be on the somehow on the text there, somehow. Um, and we might uh, keep a close ear on what happens with Paul Gallen, but I don't think we'll be on that long. So let's see. Uh, that's going to be an interesting, interesting one. Very interested in your opinion, Lovey, because I know you're quite opinionated and love your boxing. So opinionated in respect of Paul Gallen. What's your thoughts, mate, on trying to actually take on two boxes in one night in a rugby league kind of ex-grudge match? Justin Hodgson um, and Ben Hannon. He, he, he's just clearly taken the piss out of a sport. There you go. It, it's, I mean, the, 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 the absolute arrogance and ignorance that this man has got for what is actually a very, very good sport is just astounding. Um, I find it, you know, if you're going to actually participate in a sport properly, um, you know, do it properly. You know, the, the, these, these stupid six-bout rounds with other celebrity ex-sports people that have, don't have a boxing background, um, it's just ludicrous. Yep. Um, I don't, and, and, and the other thing is he's fighting two blokes who are clearly not fit, clearly not ready to box. He calls himself a professional boxer. He actually calls himself a professional boxer. Mm-hmm. He won't take on Sonny Bill Williams, who would wipe the floor with him, yep. a legitimately fit athletic opponent. But second of all, to think that you actually get through your first fight on Sky so you can participate in the second fight, I mean, that, that's not what boxing's about. Boxing, boxing is a pure sport. It's pure skill. It's athleticism. It's a, it's a, it's a war of attrition. The fact that this bloke just decides he's just going to put on a, a, a bloody circus is just – it takes the piss out of the sport and, and it's losing its credibility every time this bloke steps in the ring. Yep. Yep, totally Every agree. time. So- every time. Boxing's already, I wouldn't say on its knees, but it's it's a tough sport. It's a tough comeback. It's a tough product to get right. Um, and I think some of you know the we've got coming here, through. here it is. So in the in the in the in the grassroots boxing in Australia, it is very very healthy. Yep. It's extremely healthy. There's some and there's some amazingly talented young men that are out there and women that yep. really box well and box hard. And on the on the world circuits, they they going very well, both amateur and professional. But it's these dickheads that then put put their own little stupid spotlights up like this. That you know, there's there's no exposure available left in the media, yeah. um, and it's a bit like <clears throat> it's a bit like netball in, in in the years gone by. Well, that's 
where netball and basketball in Australia, most highly participated sport, but gets zero coverage. Boxing is fast becoming a sport that's getting higher participation rate, but because of these, these sort of clown acts, they're not getting that media exposure that it desperately craves. Whereas you go to the US, you go to the you go to the UK, there's absolutely zero chance they would put on this stupid stuff. I know there's a guy called Jake Paul floating around trying to do similar things. He's a bit of a dick as well. But um, <laughs> overall, the UK, Europe and America have got boxing right and we're just not, we're not putting the focus of our very, very good boxers up in the spotlight. And that's what's hurting it. Yeah, I think there's a there's a little bit to be said yeah. with younger boxers being able to be on an undercard in a in a fight that has got a pay per view audience at least. So that's yep. the only thing I'm kind of putting out there. That to be fair to Gallon, he's at least trying to put on the sport of boxing as a as a show. But I think he's missing. I think he's also devaluing boxing at the same time. So it's a bit of a tough. He's missing the point. Why yeah, is he? Why is he? Why is his stupid boxing match? The, the, the main card of it. He should be an undercard and promote all the other really good boxes instead. Sure, absolutely. And, and, and on that quickly, boys, there was talk that the AFL were going to do something like with a few of them involved in it and, and that I think got the up AFL and there was, might there was have something asked. on Foxtel for a while there then it sort of fell away, which, again, like you said, Lovey, it made... Look, I'm, I like watching boxing, but as you said, it's it's a good sport and it's a sport that's been around for a long time. And I think I'm not too sure of Gallon's intentions, but I think it makes a bit of a mockery out of it, as you said, and it's and it gives and it tends to send the wrong message. I think. I think the AFL have got 354 priorities before they do something stupid like that. Anyway. I, think, I, I think so. I think that that's, that's why it might have got quashed. Fair to say they might have taken a little bit of legal advice and they've just signed the biggest yeah. pay-per-view audience <laughs> themselves. Um, they don't really need to be going there. So, um, all right, boys, I'm going to talk about a big moment for for me um, and you guys as well um, as fans of the great Midnight Oil. Monday night. Um, now, let, let me flash back a little bit first. Is Earlier in the year, uh, Midnight Oil advertised this one-off night at the Palais. Um, that was sold out in 24 hours and it was going to be the same basically deal. Uh, one for the planet, they were going to call it. They were going to play this 10 to 1 album, which is one of the great albums of Midnight Oil's um, uh, history. And it got cancelled um, due to Rob Hurst having COVID. Now, at that time, I actually was ill with my heart issue in hospital. So I'd cancelled my ticket, sold my ticket, Rob Hurst then cancels um, the same the next day, uh, the, the day before. Um, they postponed then the gig later on that was going to be at the Tennis Centre for the Resist Tour. Fast forward all this time, I end up at the Resist Tour seeing that last, what I thought was a, potentially going to be the last show um, at the Tennis Centre. Fast forward again or to all the way back to this re-established gigs that only got sold a couple of weeks ago that sold out in literally 10 minutes each. Um, and this was the first one, the 10 to 1 album, uh, once again, one for the planet, um, an incredible two and a half hour show, um, which if you're a fan of the oils uh, in a venue, iconic Melbourne venue like the Palais, um, this was stripped back. It was just a light show and sound 
and no real other flavor with screens and everything behind the back. So there was no big distractions. And honestly, I haven't seen a show like that for a long time, mate. They were absolutely on their game and Peter Garrett got better and better as the show went on. Um, probably to their detriment in the end for the Wednesday night show advertises a three hour show, which was the one for um, one for the road. Now they're going to play this here and they're going to play it in Sydney. Now, I think they were absolutely spent, to be honest. So they played about two and a half hours again. And, and there were some disappointed fans that missed, thought they'd missed out because there were definitely a few songs that they probably should have played, maybe one set or short, encore short. But what I want to do is just highlight a couple of images from um, one of the great Melbourne photographers, uh, Carby, um, Robert Carbone, who's captured this beautifully. Now, these photographers get three songs to come in and weave their magic. Um, sadly, at the Palais, they actually had them all the way back at the sound desk, which is really odd. Um, they normally are right up the front. Um, but to be able to still pull off and some of the magic that is these uh, these uh, great photos, um, I was pretty impressed. And then uh, me with a handy iPhone took this little snap. So not quite in the same realm as um, Carby, but uh, if you not bad, though, ever, ever looking to see some of his work, um, gigbill.com is where you're kind of trying to head. Um, and also he's linked to Facebook, um, Carby Wabi. He gets a gets out quite a lot and takes a lot of great photos for a lot of great gigs. So what I'm going to do is we're just going to have a little breather and I'm going to play. I'm going to take you guys with me and I've taken a few vids of the night, um, put together a little snapshot. So you guys can at least, or and other people can almost feel that they were part of this gig. So let me just quickly find this vid. All right, here we go.
rightfully asked me is that the end and we don't know mate we don't know do we but uh what a way to go out two incredible nights that was what kind of footage combined from both nights and um mate just incredible fair dinkum. um absolutely loved every minute of it talk about feel like a 15 16 year old again um with all the world's issues go away. So it's incredible the power of music um, to all be locked in a room, thousand people just all enjoying the moment. Um, fantastic. I loved it. I uh, wish you boys could have been there. They're just they're iconic, aren't they? Like, And the word iconic is often used a bit liberally to, def to define moments like that or bands, but they are just iconic. And you watch, as you said, as and you said, you were showing us to make us feel like you were there. Well, I felt like I was there. And then watching Peter Garrick, as you said, going to his dancing, as you said, I'm going back to when I was at 10, I was, as you said before, a bit old with you blokes, but I can remember seeing them at uh, Kuyong. I'm, I'm yep. going to say about 86, 85, 86, and just amazing. Love you, and I was just, still in nappies, but that's all right. <laughs> must have been big nappies because I know how old you are, but that's okay. <laughs> but, yeah, just on an on iconic band, and an iconic man as well, too, I think, as well. much Must be mentioned. Yeah. I think the disappointing part for me, just to quickly cover off, is listening to so many of those lyrics about the lines that they were singing and the, and the political issues that we were still facing and addressing, that we we haven't moved a lot. And that's that's a daunting part. Yeah. Um, it's, some yeah, of that's, the that's the, the, saddest, words, that's the saddest aspect of what it is they've yeah. sung about the whole time. Yeah. Is that I mean, 
man doesn't want to move forward. They think they are, and they think they do, but everyone goes into self-protection mode for their own territory, and that's it. And that's what they, that's exactly what they're singing about. I mean, you read it, you, if anyone picked up on the on the slogan on his T-shirt, you know, sitting in silence is you might you, you are you're being a coward rather than protest loudly. Yep. Um, little message. I actually enjoyed the fact that the uh, you, you speak of iconic the water drum at the back. That was yeah. um, that that was amazing. But how's the setup? Different setups um, yeah. on how they set the band up. I mean, the Palo is pretty old, but it can still get the job done. Yeah, it's interesting really, that really little good. was kind of a little honorary tribute almost to the Queen putting yeah. um, Rob Hurst up there with that little drum solo yeah. in that little um, yeah. booth, you know, area. And, um, and great venue. Yeah. The only other thing I'll say on, on this is that you, you mentioned, mate, that some people, some fans in that were disappointed uh, earlier with one of the shows or some of the some of the almost questioning effort. Well, I would question if they're actually fans. I mean. Yep. These guys have put out. These guys have put out for almost fifty years. Yeah. Um, if you're going to piss and moan about one particular show, one segment of one of their shows ever, um, pull your head in. Yeah, As I said, yeah, the, the amazing part for me was Peter Garrett got more energy as the show went on, and mate, yep. I, I watched him. He was just incredible, and he was literally pulling energy from the crowd. So um, he still looks healthy as now as he did when he was yeah. performing live. When I went and saw them back in the early nineties, I mean, yeah, definitely. Incredible. The guy's, the guy's incredible. Incredible. So, look, that's oh, well, that their legacy really is going to continue. Money. Um, yeah, stuff, every, dollar, every dollar I ever spent on Midnight All merchandise, I reckon I bought albums two and three and four times if you add up, uh, you know, LPs, cassettes, um, CDs. And we were talking all through that kind of thing now and how hard it was to read the bloody lyrics on a, cassette um a sleeve was just next to impossible but um speaking of great moments uh and inspirations i guess we would say as well he's a good friend of ours and a show friend um i want to bring up this little bit of footage and then we're going to bring him up for a quick chat because it's an incredible cause um and to raise money for any cause we know is isn't easy um you gotta have a dream and a passion for it for sure um, and you've got to commit yourself, most importantly. But this goes to show uh, this young man's reach, I guess you'd say, and likability, um, and truly an incredible result so far. So let's just bring bring. I want to play this little clip that he's put up during the week, um, and then we're going to bring him up for a quick chat. So this is kind of where it was about a week ago. I'm just out doing the walk with Georgie and the dogs. We've got Cookie and we've got a special guest, cousin dog today, Archie. Um, it's been a great weekend for walking and we're out and about. Just wanted to say that we're pushing $11,000 in funds raised. We're about $10,800. What do you reckon, Georgie? Just... It's insane. Thank you. It's insane and crazy. And uh, we've pretty much reached our walking goal of 72 kilometres, so we've upped it to 100 kilometres, George. 100 kilometres per day for the next three weeks. No, not per day. 100 kilometres overall. So with any luck, we'll uh, exceed that, break that, and maybe increase it even further. So thanks again for all the continued donations and support. Uh, we are extremely grateful, and we can't thank you enough. We'll keep you posted on how we're going on the long run. 
Incredible. Let's bring him up. The great Dave Cosma. Welcome back, buddy. Did you make hey, hey, boys? Hey, hey, it's Hello, Hard act to follow the oils. Jesus. Yeah, I I purposely did that, Dave, because I think you you fit it <laughs> nicely, mate. To be perfectly honest, if everyone, I can tell you now, mate, if everyone did what you have just doing right now, for any cause, right, and raised anywhere or any money for that matter, doesn't matter what the number is, but put themselves and committed to something and raise something for someone else. Imagine the the love and the and the good will that that does for so many people. I mean, Dave, just right. tell me a little bit about this. This what where where this started. Now you've committed yourself to it. Where it's at now is truly incredible. Um, surely not what you uh, intended initially. No, not at all. It was. It's been sort of a bit weird. And just talking to Georgie before about it, how it's um, we almost weren't going to do. We're thinking of doing a fun. We did. A, you know, you probably remember through lockdown, I did a couple of fundraisers. One for brain cancer and one for MND. And I think all up with both of those, we raised, I think, a few grand, which was just amazing, you know, just by doing a live stream and reaching out to the people that, that I kind of knew through my music. Um, so we want to do something with prostate cancer because uh, we've sort of been personally affected by that. I mean, everyone's pretty much by our age has, has been touched by a story that's uh, unfortunately cancer related. Uh, it's pretty rare if you haven't. Um but that particular cause was was important to me and Georgie and I wanted to do something and she's talking about, oh, let's bake, do a bake off and we'll do this and we'll do it. And I'm thinking, don't worry about the bake off because then we have to be driving around. We just got to make it simple. Um, and I know the Prostate Cancer Foundation were, were had been talking up this, uh, the long run, which is basically a, a minimum 72 kilometres of walk, run or cycle in the month of September. Um and by doing so, you you know put your hand up that you're going to do that, and you get people to pledge by giving a donation. Um, so we we kind of thought, let's just do that. That's you know we walk to school every day, so that's a couple of k's off the off the clock every day. Um, and then we just got to find a little bit of time to get out and you know pound the footpath, and and I think we'll get you know we'll get that goal, and hopefully people will back us. So yeah, we did that and put it out there, and I I, I put I thought was a reasonable. If, goal of a thousand bucks if we do a thousand dollars i think that'd be a great great result um and put that out there and that just happened straight away and it just kept going and people just kept putting in and we just kept walking and yeah we're sort of just just shy of eleven thousand dollars now so it's been it's been great just the support of everyone who just wants to you know get on board and again the cause is is a good one it's one i believe in um, I could talk a bit about that if you want, but it's it's just really been a, a humbling experience to to feel the love and yeah, and people and you know I've maybe had I think maybe one bigger donation of four hundred or maybe five hundred bucks, and then you know a couple three hundred and a couple two hundred. But other than that, it's been everyone putting their hand in their pocket, fifty bucks, hundred bucks, hmm. just two hundred bucks, just one hundred and fifty, just to help the cause, whatever they can yeah. do, and. You know, family, friends, there are say fans and anonymous people that just I don't know, um yep. have gone crazy and it's just been it's been amazing. It's been really good. I think it's a mark of the sort of person you are, Dave. That and 
as has known you a lot, a lot longer than Lovey and I, but we've got to know you and know what sort of person you are. And your humility is pretty good, mate. And I, I think Paul is you, mate, because we know what you're going through yourself from a personal level and then to put yourself out there and to do this to make the, to raise awareness for others. It's a mark of the man that you are, mate. And I think I speak for the other boys and the people who watch the potty. They were pretty proud of you, mate. You've done an Thank amazing you, job. Cheers, mate. Yeah, it's good. Well, I put it out there and I appreciate that. Um, but, you know, the people have done an amazing job too. It's just been, it's, the response has been really great. So I'm very grateful and, and I know that the foundation is extremely grateful. I've, you know, I've received multiple personal emails and phone calls from them um, in regards to what's going on saying, my God, what's, what, what are you, what's happening? And I'm like, we need I'm you in marketing, Dave. We need you in Dave in marketing. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Um, and they've actually, interestingly enough, they've got sort of a leaderboard of people who are raising stuff. And, you know, we, after a few days, we're sort of at number 10 and, you know, we're going, oh, this is good. You know, we were raised a few thousand dollars and now, now we're at number two and number one is um, a gentleman that, that is head of the Dick Johnson racing team. And he's had a couple of big donations. He's had like a couple of 10 Gs dropped on it by a couple of, you know, he's up in the 30s, 40s. So I'm, I, not that it's a race, not that it's a race. Because <laughs> it's, it's about the next couple of weeks. It's not about the bloody, um, we're, coming, we're coming second. So it's all right. We're just, and tomorrow, just to put it out there, tomorrow, if, if people were to donate tomorrow, uh, all those donations are getting it dollar match day. So that's happening tomorrow. They're going to be doubled by uh, an affiliate of the of the foundation. So that's that's really good. Um, well, you'll, you'll see. No, you'll, you'll see a batch from me coming through again, mate. So I know you boys have already dipped your hand in your pocket. And I appreciate that. And um, I just did did want to say, just while I'm jumping on quickly, I didn't want to interrupt a big a big night. And you've covered the oils. You've covered boxing. You've you've covered some decent bloody thing so far but just to give you an idea of what the uh uh <clears throat> where your donations will go i guess is of course research that's really important but the thing about prostate cancer is the awareness and that a lot of men don't know the simple thing of asking their doctor for a psa test and yep. some people know what that is but most most men don't and in reality it only happens well, in, in the past. It's only happened when you sort of turn about 50. But they're finding that guys in their, in their 40s and their 30s are getting diagnosed with prostate cancer. So by getting a simple PSA test, um, it tells you what's going on with a prostate. Essentially, if cancer's present, um, whether it requires further investigation or whether it's just a normal blood test, no, no result to, to do anything with. But it's a very simple thing to do. And men should be getting them done because it's the first part of the puzzle. Um, so if that's the message that we can get out there and, uh, and, and get men to just do that, then, then we're all right. So it all starts with us, Dave. It all starts with us. The other three of us on this podcast have to. are going to make sure we commit to go do and it. test it. Do it. Okay. So it's a blood test. When you go to the yeah. doctor and say, Give me a health check that tells me how my kidney's going, my blood count's going, my whatever. Add the PSA on there because they don't do it out of habit unless you're of age. 
and that's what they're they're changing they are changing that now that's that's happened recently where doctors are asking earlier but men need to be proactive and we're all in our 40s um but you know even thank you mate it doesn't it doesn't even matter if you're in your 30s it doesn't hurt to when you're getting a blood test you know to, to to get that psa indicator so do it by the next time we you boys are having a podcast you're giving me the thumbs up Right, we've had a little bit. I, of a, um, we've had a little bit of a blip this week. I'll eat continuing two sex, uh, lovey. But you, we haven't seen this before, Dave. But we're a little bit concerned about Cuz after today's efforts. So Ooh, we've got, he's out. got a bit of work to do. We, we just want to be yeah. sure. That's all. Look out! Thank you, Dave. That's, that's all in our forties because I know I'm not in my forties. So I will definitely get it done because I get the envelope from the government about the other end. So by all means. Have you? Have either of you men ever had a PSA test? No. No. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'll quickly go into it. Um, yeah, I'll quickly go into it. It's I, – I, yeah, yeah. I did this last year because I had a – I had a scare myself. I just turned 45. And yeah. You know, I had all I had all the attributes, all the symptoms of – Potential swollen prostate, so I went and had it checked, yeah. and um, yeah, it's, it's bloody scary. Um, yeah. so when the long run came around last year, um, I was a bit like you, I thought oh, I'll chuck 500 bucks up as a target and uh, got to three grand. But wow, I, I don't think the money thing, I don't think the money thing's that important. I think what it is, I mean, the money helps, but. Um, I didn't realise how big a network of people that were impacted by it. Mm. And many of the people weren't educated because of it. And yeah. um, it's not a, you know, contrary to popular belief, it's not a tickle of the balls and all that sort of thing and, oh, geez, it feels a bit swelly. It's mm. now literally like you say, it's a blood test. It's the most simplest thing you can do. And How easy. Um, the key part about using these funds is the education side of it. And... No, there's there was a stigma attached to it. I think I think they've broken that stigma down a little bit now for it, which is good. Um, but I, I go every two years. Yeah, per se, done every two years now. That's that's what I was advised to do. And when I'm fifty, it becomes once yep. a year. So yep. Yep. yeah, any 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 bloke that's on um, this potty listens to it, watches it. Anyone that's really caring about their health, yeah. Well, if you really do care, you get this one done. Absolutely. Yep. It's, it's crucial. Yeah, well said, mate. It's I agree. crucial. Absolutely. Tick the box. So I'm just going to remove all us from the screen for two seconds to bring up that bit behind us that just shows what you need to do to donate. And most importantly, um, we're going to put the link in the comments of the end of this, how you can donate specifically to Dave's cause, um, which goes on yep. to research yep. and everything else. So um, Dave, unbelievable job, mate. Keep it up. You Thank you, mate. You, uh, it. it shows you the power and of community effectively, it's amazing. and it's amazing. It's, yeah, 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 yeah. It's been incredible for sure. Yeah. Thank you, mate. And I Thank you, Dave. It's brilliant. Yeah, no worries. Thank you. I appreciate your support and again helping to shed light. I know the Prostate Cancer Foundation will be that we're talking about it, and it's got to be part of the conversation. Tell, tell your mates. Tell you, we've all got dads and uncles and brothers and all the rest of it. Um, so yeah, get the word out. Get get your PSA tested, and thank you for for everything. 
No worries. All right, what we're going to do is just bring up this slide and then we'll come back in two seconds. All right, legendary. Dave, um, what a superstar. Um, incredible guy, incredible artist. Um, and Gooch rightly um, chimes in with uh, so important to have his test done. He's lost his father to prostate cancer, and I know it's a massive cause uh, for him for the future to be involved in, you know, in a men's stigma sport like ice hockey and things like that, um, male-dominated sports like we've been involved in. You're right. Absolutely, there was a stigma around it, Lovey. Um, it was always a case of uh, that's not one end you go near. Um, so let's always make sure that we're the first ones that, to, to lead the charge effectively. So, Lovey, I'm wrapped that you've uh, already been on board in that respect, probably through, through a bit of concern for your own health. Um, but it's good to know that, uh, you know, we're going to take uh, matters into our own hands as well and, and make sure that uh, it's on our list. And it's not, a, it's not going to be a long to-do list, guys. We're going, to, we're going to have to make this happen pretty quickly. So by the end of the month, I'm going to give us two weeks, all right? Yep. Uh, I know it's a little bit harder to even get into a doctor at the moment. So let's make sure it's even booked. Um, we'll, we'll, we will shrink this long-winded um, website uh, that you can click on and make it easy for, for people to come on and donate. Uh, now it goes to the end of the month. The long run, not to be confused with a long walk. Um, it's all part of... <laughs> it, is a, it is a little little different for sure, fair to say. All right, boys. I want to talk. I want to talk footy, but before we do, Lovey's going to go behind the scenes and find us a little Wallabies update. Um, good, not good. Right, don't break, don't break the news, Cuz. Um, <laughs> all right, Cuz. Now, I couldn't be more disappointed. I've had I've talked about have I've had a week of massive mixed emotions. Let's go with that. I, I, I was going to say, look, I think it was, as I touched on what I spoke to you a couple of times this week. Yep. You, you're definitely a glass half person, a glass half full person, but I think like we went and watch a cup, we went and watch a little bit of local footy last week, and just talking to you on the Sunday. Yep. You were flat because the two teams that are very near and dear to you, Melbourne Storm and the Melbourne Demons, unfortunately couldn't get the job done. Yeah, and I know it looks pretty hard. Both straight out. Um, yep. Now the Storm didn't have a second chance. Pretty much through their own um, destiny, uh, they did, just didn't didn't qualify for a second chance. So they went out. That wasn't a real surprise. So, although I thought we may last another week or so, um, fair to say Melbourne was a surprise to me. Probably a surprise to a lot of people. Um, some people had us pinned for straight sets. I thought that was a little tongue in cheek gesture to me for a little quick. Quick chin, um, bit of chin music to to <laughs> see us out. Um, look, it hasn't happened for a long time to go out straight sets, uh, to my knowledge. So, um, bottom line is, we didn't play our best footy. Didn't play our best footy since the middle half of the season. We just banked wins that got us there. Um, so we pro, I mean, I think we scraped into that second chance. So we we probably flat, looked a bit flattering to where we ended up. Um, now, the, the big decision happens with trade time. Uh, how aggressive do you get? I don't think it's a case to throw the baby out with the bathwater, but there's already some potential movement happening. Uh, Luke Jackson's finally committed and he's out. 
Um, now, he doesn't owe Melbourne Footy Club anything, in my opinion, um, but it would have been nice to see a young kid commit uh, as a as a next generation of Ruckman coming through. So that's disappointing to see. And now the now the Wolves are circling at the door for some other players, which it's always going to be hard to hold players to a salary cap. But I also don't want to be the old Melbourne that just sits on who we've got. Okay. We need to be aggressive at the trade table as well. And I'm not I'm not certain. So I'm interested to hear from you two guys where we actually, as a team, Melbourne quickly need to need a bolster. Obviously, up forwards a concern for me, but I think we've actually got the forwards. They're just not out there. So, interested in your thoughts, Lovey, first. Let Cars go, but just real quick, mate. Update, Bledders Light, we're in strife. 24-13 down, 53 minutes gone. Righto. So, that's a lot strange. 10-10 update from H. Two quick tries to the All Blacks, and I think we've just shit the bed, a bit like Cars with his pants of Savo. Glenn, I'll let you go first, mate. Another one we'll mention. Thank you, Alan. Um, well, as we've touched on a couple of times in probably the last month leading up to finals and as the finals began, I think, and we're not talking out of school here, I think your lack of ability to score has probably hurt you a lot. And, again, Ben Burns played a lot more AFL football than I've ever played, but I think his, as a watcher looking, or an onlooker, not being in the inner sanctum of Melbourne, I think his inability at the scoreboard. Yes, he can bring the ball to ground, but I think that, that that's something you'll look at. So whether you, and I think there's a young bloke in there and everyone from the outside says that the Van Neuren's dominating in the VFL. I know it's a it's the next step up, but I think there was times during the year they could have played him when Tom McDonald wasn't able to be played as well. And the Wiedemann thing, I know you say Wiedemann wasn't giving you any input, but for the the two finals you played, I think Brown's lack of effort was concerning. And then also, and it's only a small sample size of two games, but I thought like your little, your small forwards, they didn't sort of feed off Brown when he did make a contest. So Pickett had a couple of almost games. Bargo wasn't fantastic. Both sort of blokes who really sort of fed off the bigger blokes last year struggled a bit this year. And that's always going to happen when you become the hunted. So I just I think I think Brown probably needs to go. Just I think his body might have caught up with him. And I think you probably need to get some time into that young bloke he's been playing and from all um information kicking goals in the in the twos um Van Euro. Yeah you're on mute big boy. Yeah, just needs a bit of bulk. That's the concern with Van Ruin at the moment. So they're not throwing him to the Wolves, and hopefully we've yeah. learned from our Jack Watts experience. Um, Lovey, interested in your thoughts, and then let's move on. Um, I First of all, you talk about trade talk and that. I can't. It bores me to death, that stuff. I mean... Um, well, pick one no, player. Just give me one player. That we, over, we, over-inflate, we over-inflate so many players and we sign up contracts based upon potential these days rather than actual output. And it just bores me to tears. It really does. Um, but, look, for what it's worth, you're losing Jackson. I don't think you should get Grundy. I think Max Swan plays his career out in the ruck. Um, and you go, for a tall, you go for a tall forward in, 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 in trade talks. You see what's available out there. You go for another tall forward. I still think Sam Wiedemann needs to be given a proper opportunity. Yeah. Um, until Van Ruin certainly comes on board. Um, 
you know, tall forwards are a bit like Ruckman. They can be slow to develop at times, so you just got to persist. I think, you know, Jamara Eagle Hagen will be a superstar for the Dogs in three or four years' time, but it's just going to be a persistence thing. With Melbourne, I, 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 I might have been Cousin said this too. I actually think Melbourne will win next year's premiership. Mm-hmm. I actually think they will bounce back and bounce back hard. Um, there's not a lot going on with the Ds. The problem is too many of their players for the last six weeks probably played the shit as they've played in yeah. two seasons. And yeah. It's just poor timing. Maybe some injuries affected that. Um, the only thing I... The other things I would change up, I agree with Cars. I think you need to have a couple of more effective tour forwards, um, or at least one more. Um, I do think I do think May and Lever are going to have to potentially just have a tweak as to what they do. Play clubs of a good size work them out in the end, I think. And I honestly think you probably need someone a bit more zippy. You, you, you look to touch one pace in the midfield. Uh, and I'm not talking the wings, but I'm talking yeah. actually right at the coalface. You didn't have that burst play like like a Cripper can. You've got track and Oliver who are real grunt and get a quick handball out or a quick scrub kick into the open space, which can work. But to be able to change it up, even the mids look to touch predictable in the end. So just tweaks. I think there's just some tweaks. And I think Melbourne, if, if Melbourne have a look at what Richmond changed from the 2018 season through to the 2019 season, I'm not saying they should play like Richmond 2019. They should maybe change up the way they go about it with the talent they've got on the paddy. Like I said, they'll, they'll, for me, they're, they're still top two favourites for the Premiership next year. Um, they've just got to just got to be a little bit a little bit smarter with the way they go about their footy, maybe bring one or two players in either end and in the middle. That's it. Um, 31-13 down now, let us lie. We're, we're, we're cooked. Right, we're in trouble. That's fair to say, yeah. and and to be honest, they 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 did flout or tout that the Wallabies were on their way and they're building, and um, but sadly, uh, we're all been disappointed again. And um, yes, they might be building, but the All Blacks are fifty points better um, <laughs> than the Wallabies still uh, at this stage by the looks of it. So it it'll turn around eventually, but um, fair to say, uh, it's not going to happen in this first game. That's for sure. So uh, it's a long way back from here. All right, so here's the disappointing part for me quickly on Melbourne before we move on. Um, this is a real worry, uh, that potential to blow and blow leads. And you should be, you know, if you're 14 to 20 to 30 points up, um, I'm not saying every week you're going to go on with it. And it's obviously sides can switch that pretty quick in today's momentum, but that's a disappointing result. And we're really starting to lose our... I wouldn't say total home ground advantage, but we're not playing as well as we have done on the G, which is concerning. So anyway, we move on from Melbourne. Good luck to Brisbane. Um, they got a challenge, big challenge against um, who have they got this week? Cats. Long. Cats. Yeah, of course I have. Yeah. So the um, cats, just yeah. real, just a real quick comment on that margin thing you talk about there, Aaron. Sure. That's leadership. Yeah. That's just leadership, and too much was left to Gorney in that space as well, I think. And the fact he's playing forward rather than being in the middle of the ground more probably didn't help with that either. So yep. hopefully they hopefully they just fix that over the summer. They will. Yep. And good luck to Lions. Uh, it wasn't a, it looked like an inflated margin kind of at the end. The Demons got within a couple of points, six points or so late. A um, couple of hissy fits uh, and some bad 50 um, discipline issues. 
probably cost them the game in the end. So anyway, let's move to um, quickly to Collingwood and Frio. Collingwood just too much power in the end. Um, got to get got a tired Frio, I think, in the end. Collingwood started like an absolute train, and Frio kind of came back. And then the end, once again, the margin was twenty points, where it really probably was a touch closer than that. I thought in the end, but um, it makes for a great. Week Collingwood roll on again, and they get to play the power of Sydney, who have had a week off up in Sydney. If you're a Collingwood supporter, you should be a little excited. Personally, I think the Swans belt them from here, but let's see. Um, the questions marks on the Swannies. What's your thoughts, Lovey? What you know? What's the question mark on the, on the Swans? And they kick a winning score against a fairly strong defence. Yep, That's agree. my only thing on the Swans. I think the Swans win it just purely by a, a massive amount of inside 50s. If they can be relatively effective and prevent Maynard more how from creating two-on-ones and linking up with each other once the ball hits a deck, then um, for me, Sydney win it pretty comfortably. But Sydney have to try and break down Collingwood's defence. Everywhere else around the ground... It's actually fairly even. Um, Sydney aren't a massive clearance team, I don't think, from what I can tell. Collingwood certainly are. Um, yeah. Collingwood are a very good counter-attacking, rebound type of team that they push up high and then they create space, which is what they're going to have to do on the SCG. The hard thing for Collingwood is they've been playing on the MCG a heck of a lot. Uh, and then they, you know, they then come to a ground like the SCG there's actually quite an art form to um, creating as much space on a small ground as you possibly can. That's what the that's what the pies are going to have to do. If it goes into the Swans forward fifty, they're going to have to uh, just flood it a bit and then counter it as much as they can, which is what they're very good at, and that's how they can hurt the Swans. But um, for me, I think the Swans win this by about 34, 35 points. Yep. Um, and it will be the nicest victory I've seen in this final series so far, apart from when Geelong beat them by a goal. That yeah. was even more – that was hilarious. Well, we look forward to having a chat to Rusty in the next week or so. He's just returned from Europe and he's uh, he's on a two-week jet lag. Uh, so he's uh, – the old man's struggling a little bit. Um, but I guarantee he'll be up and about watching Swannies and we'll all hear about it if, uh, if the Swannies get up. But – so it's got to be a battle of the midfields, guys, surely, um, on that smaller ground. And the midfield, it's going to be midfielders, fielders kicking goals as well, I think. So let's see what happens. I think, similar to you, Lovey, I think Swans by 30 points in the end. Um, I just blow them out with a couple of goals late. I if think they, it's going to be to On that small time. ground, if they don't tag Luke Parker, they're done. They are absolutely done. Luke Parker's the key on that. Yep. Yep. What's your thoughts, Cuz? Let's cover it off quickly and yeah, get a margin. Look- I, I, I agree with you guys. I, I think looking at the game last week, I think Fremantle were in the game, but the way they moved the ball forward, they just butchered the football. Yes, you've got to give Collingwood credit for how they set up their team defence. Maynard Moore and Jeremy Howe. But I think Sydney will use the ball better going forward. And as you said, Lovey, they play their, the SAG very well. And I don't think Collingwood will be, will be allowed to get that fast break they get when they turn around teams and get, get them out the back pretty quickly. And I think going for, as you said, playing a lot of their footy this year, 
the G, it's you've got to give them credit for the momentum they've brought up and get themselves out of tight sort of situations. I think Sydney, they love the tight situation themselves. And even before this year, they've always prided, prided themselves on going about that. And I think with that in mind, I think they will. And I think mainly because Collingwood have got blokes like DeGarry, um obviously the Dacos brothers are fantastic and great ball users. Um, Jack Crisp has had, has had a real breakout this year this year, but I think across the board, I think Sydney's evenness across the board will probably get them over the line, I think. Five, as you said, four to five goals. Righto. All right. So we're all in agreement. Sydney by 30-odd. All right. The other game, um, Geelong and Brisbane. This, um, I think Geelong hit him, hit him hard, to be honest. Uh, I don't think Brisbane have got too much left. But you never know. If it's close and they can get him close, they can stay with him, they may be able to upset him late. Um, Danaher back. Thoughts? I, I Bris- Brisbane. Great... Oh, sorry, Lovey. Brisbane are a pack of wankers. Um, <laughs> I really, <laughs> I really hope, I really hope Geelong touch them up by 100 points. And there's a very, very strong chance that can happen. Um, I, I, look, Joey Denneher coming back in probably actually haunts them from a structural perspective, particularly when you look at the Cats' defence and how once they get the football, they run it out. Um, it could be a free-for-all for the likes of Tom Stewart all night and, and GPUs. So um, that alone should be frightening. Uh, second of all, Dangerfield is in form. Uh, he's found form at the right time of the year. For all the criticism Geelong got about how they managed him, um, <laughs> it's laughable. Uh, I love all the couch potatoes that have been jumping onto that one. Um, and Jeremy Cameron, as long as he's fully fit, he'll kick six or seven. Um, Brisbane haven't got much left, if anything at all. The fact that you've got Matheson and Robinson running around in your best 22 means that they're really battling now to keep pace. Um they got the job done against Melbourne last week because Melbourne were full of hubris. If I'm really honest, I think Melbourne, for the second week in a row, unfortunately got ahead of themselves a bit. And yeah. I, I suspect Geelong are just well too drilled, way too – sorry, they're well drilled yeah. not to allow that to happen. Um, so for me, I'm going to catch for 85 points. Yeah, I think this is actually the first game that's really going to disappoint us for the final series. It's going to be a big blowout. Um, I don't think it's 80, but I reckon 65. There you go. Cuz, give us your quick assessment. Sorry, just quickly. Do we do we honestly think do we honestly think Geelong are going to do what Melbourne did first week and just let Lockie Neal run free? Uh, no last chance. one? No chance. No chance. Yeah. No, look, I think you're probably both right. But look, to me, as you said, they've probably spent all their people tickets already, Brisbane. Um, but it's a chance. It's a chance to go to the big dance. So they've got a free hit. Whether they can maintain that for four quarters. Um, slow start against Shaw Mub managed to sort of run away with it. Well, not run away with it, but over overrun you in the end. But as you said, Lovey, I think I think they have a chance because it's a two horse race and it's a chance to make the grand final. But as you said, look, Geelong have found the answers every time they've been challenged this year. And as you did mention, they will not let Lockie 
Neil do what he does. I'm with you. I think Danaher coming in, I think it hinders the structure up forward as opposed to enhances the structure. But I think in a two-horse race, if they can find a way to be near, I think that puts pressure on Geelong because the expectation, I think, to win and win quite comfortably is on Geelong. But that said, it could be a blow out of the water as well too for the Cats. It's, it's a, to me, this is like asking Winks to race Maccabi D from the Melbourne Cup. They'll start well, and that's it. They'll be they'll be they'll be cooked by quarter time. Yep, that's how I see. They will be cooked the by Brisbane, quarter time. The reality is, do, are we giving Brisbane any chance? No. Look, I, I, I think too much needs to go right. I think for them to, to win it. Righto. Well, let's hoping and they're wankers. Let's hope this happens for Brisbane. So you're telling me there's a chance. Yeah! Had to use it, boys. Two-horse race, you never know. You've got to have a night out, though, that's for sure. There's too many people to clamp down on, and I think the Cats have got too much firepower to get it done. So I'm tipping Tomahawk is going to kick six, and Cameron's going to have four, and after that, it's a long way back for Brisbane. So they just don't have, I don't think they've got the backs to go with them. So let's see. Let's see. All right. Um, I'm going to put you first, Lovey. Um, let's, let's do this quickly. We're going to go with. Uh, oh, it's going to be short and sharp. Trust one me. One of our favorite segments. What's going to make our friend Lovey mad today? Lovey loses it. Loves it. Loves it. Yeah. Shout out to our great friend Dave Cosma for putting that together for us again. Right, I love you. Well, it's interesting you mention our great mate Davey. Um, along with you two Muppets, it, it's it's really good to to have some friends in your in your corner when you need them most. So. I bought a barbecue three weeks ago, or two weeks ago, and uh, I'm saving it for my best mates to use on my debut. Now, oh, no. <laughs> this is um, oh, shut no. up, Glenn. Shut up. Now, uh, you put out the invites to your very best friends, and the fact that the, the, the fact of the matter is, one of them couldn't give a fuck. The other one <laughs> responds back saying, "Oh." I've got some sort of family bullshit on. I think I might be going away. None of your teams are playing on grand final day. And then the other one is silent as shit and he's not even on here right now. So um, my, my lesson to everyone in this is just be careful of how good your friends actually are because <laughs> the three that I've got in my corner right now are more flaky than what you would find in a fish and chip shop on a Friday night. This is uh, was highly disappointing. I went to bed completely distressed, fetal position, thinking, when the fuck am I going to be able to use my barbecue? <laughs> um, now, the other thing is don't ever put those that up. That, that, you will not see that at my barbecue, by the way, those pickled <laughs> onions. They look like your heads. Um, so lesson to all, you can have your friends, but just be made, just make sure that they're actually in your corner and not when it suits them. Love you out. Brutal. Brutal finish. Gone personal. Okay. We'll take it on board. Fair to say, 
pretty sure it was personal because you fucking interrupted, Glenn. Don't ever do it again. <laughs> it's not your segment, cuz. Pretty sure you laughed as well. Well, I did, but that's oh. not Just relax. Okay. And the other, and the other quick little, and the other quick little part to the rant. So here we go, Glenn. Glenn, we were we were meant to have lunch today, but instead, oh no, I'll go hang out with the Hellenic group at uh, Stalactites instead, and absolutely stand up his best mate, who was waiting in his office on the corner of Collins and Elizabeth. Yep, I'll text you back eleven thirty. I get nothing at twelve o'clock. I text him, mate. What's going on? And he's going, oh yeah, yeah. I'll come back. I'll come back. Now, I'm a man who likes his food. It got to twelve thirty, and I still <laughs> had fuck all back from this best mate. So I text him again, and then what do I get? Let me read the text. So <laughs> let's bring it up. He's actually. I, I actually now have to scroll on my text messages because this is you're lower than shark shit right now, Glenn. Let's have a look at this. So, where are we? Ah, oh, Glenn no on his own. Don't know. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Just a straight up. Uh... Glenn, what's happening? I could eat the horse and chase the rider right now. And he's going, sorry, mate. I don't care. I'm at the Greek Museum. So maybe tomorrow. Apologies for the stuff up. Not really. Enjoy eating horse and rider. I'll just see you on the potty tonight instead. Absolutely left me hanging until 12.30, 12.45 when he knows I need to eat by 12 o'clock. Mates don't do that. Mates do not do that. Done. Well, Cuz, that's... Uh, Shit wasn't, wasn't what you told me before, but here we go. Come back, lovey-dovey. This is your home now. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, boys, we're using them all tonight. All right. Hey, um, now, 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 quick update. Bledisloe, Australia, we're back in it. We're, we, we could be number one in the world by the end of tonight. Australia 27, New Zealand 31. Two quick tries to Australia. How long back to go? Back in town. Suffer for you blokes writing them off before, not me. How long to go? <laughs> Suffer for you. Uh, that was the 70th minute. Oh, hang on. You've, you've, you've jumped off and you're back on. Yep. There's still time. You ever jumped off, man? I just said that was shit. Still time for the All Blacks to win by 30. Anyway, let's see. <laughs> um, righto. The moment we've been waiting for. Like the 89 Grand Final. Like a damn sim. It's what the crowd come to see. Cousins Classics. Davey, this needs to be good, you fucking right brain. Cuz. So, no interrupting already, Alan. Thank you very much. I'm just, I'm just scrolling through some of my text messages that obviously from you. Uh, if we're going to go down that path, let's do that. But I'll be the bigger. Person. Is this your classic? Okay. Is this Cousins Classics? Is it? Not at all. But no, we'll get on with you. Get on with your segment, or it's forfeited, and I just jump off. Exactly. <laughs> it's forfeited. Okay. Obviously, this week, um, an iconic week. <laughs> oh yeah, thank. So. When you want to be sensible, let's be We're sensible. Ready. So don't interrupt. Okay. Right, Cas, let's go. It's all you're. You got the floor. Are you ready now, children? Good. It's like spending the. It's like being back in the city with the, like the grandma kids. 
Okay. That's an interruption, Alan. You're swearing with your hands. Okay, so Premier League final week, one of the biggest weeks in AFL football. A couple of great games, which we've already discussed. Did a little bit of research, a little bit of late research, because unfortunately, when you work at a school, you're responsible for the kids in school hours, Alan. So I apologise. I chose to do my job over meeting up with you. Let's talk about some great preliminary finals of the past. Do a little bit of research. Come up with seven fantastics because I don't like to talk about myself as much as Alan does. I'll make it short and just go for top three. So, number three, 2013. Hawthorne played the Cats in the game that became known as the breaking of the Cats curse. So, Hawthorne won 102 to 97. I think, um, bit of vision. Thank you, Buttons. Varco had a chance to win the game. Alan, are you okay there? Are, are you sure you're okay? Because I'm worried about you, mate, because I do care for you. I'm just making sure you're all right. Varco had a chance to put the game at extra time. Unfortunately, shot missed. Hawks won by five points and then went on to win the 2013 Grand Final. Number two was the 2004 prelim between Port Adelaide and St Kilda, which Port were fortunate enough to win 94 to 88. And again, went on to win and break the possibility of the Brisbane Lions doing the four-peat in 2004. Number one, and probably a bit very relevant because they went out straight sets like the Demons did this year, the Dogs in 2016, beating the GWS in the prelim final, 89 to 83. Of those ones, boys, got a favourite or one familiar that sort of brings back, obviously, for your own side, fond memories, but one that you enjoyed watching as an impartial supporter. I'm glad. I'm glad you didn't bring up 1999. Um, I think for obvious reasons. <laughs> it, it, it didn't um, get mentioned. Every time I put it in, they went great finishes. I said, please don't tell that. <laughs> it's not coming up. Oh look, you, uh, the obvious one for me from an, a, a, an impartial perspective would be the 1987 prelim final. Poor Jimmy Steins across the mark. Um, I actually because. If you look at if you look at the way that worked out, if you look at the form, Melbourne actually would have been a far better opportunity to beat Carlton than Hawthorne were, but just Melbourne just on the day just couldn't get it done. Um, and my favourite prelim final, Essendon beat Collingwood in nineteen eighty four by to the tune of one hundred and thirty three points. I think about forty five thousand um, points. <laughs> yeah, right. and it just. It was it was just the tonic we needed um, going into the our, our grand final to try and get revenge on the Hawks after the '83 loss. So they're the other two prelims I'd call out, or three. About, yeah, yeah, good ones, mate. What about for you? As obviously the we know the result last year and um, breaking the the long run of not winning a flag for you guys with the momentum building last year. So it was the prelim? Did you think? Oh. 
amazing to get and do it like you did, like the momentum that you guys built up through September. Yeah, look, I suppose my that erased my bad prelim memory memories, yeah. um, and I know we've been in a grand final since then, or two actually, um, since the '87. But '87, <clears throat> interestingly enough, when we interviewed Rod Grinter a couple of weeks ago, that he highlighted the fact that uh, Jimmy Steins was actually the one that let him off. Uh, he's because he actually gave away the free kick, um, Rod Grinter to to effectively losing the game. Um, and then Jim Steins uh, took the took the uh, the heroes the, or the the villain status, I get fair to say, um, and and let him off. But he took most of the rap for that. So, but then again, obviously last year's prelim um, just shows how hard and everyone talks about how hard it is to win, win a prelim, um, most importantly. Uh, to win a prelim these days um, and get to the big dance, we all know how hard it's been for Geelong, how many times prelims hurt them. So I just hope we get a good contest uh, at the end of the day. Like it sounds... Um, cliche and yeah, yeah whatever so um but what we want is a good grand final again last year's grand final you know was great for me but a disappointing um result for so many people to, as far as watching a spectacle given it was a great final series this has been an incredible final series and i think let's blow out the bad prelim which we're expecting and then hopefully we get a really good grand final so that's all i'm hoping for so let's see um at the end of the day, what it ends up being. So, Lovey, I'm just going to get you to come back in because um, it looks like we've got a bit of a uh, microphone drama with you. But let's highlight, uh, Cuz, these great T-shirts at Midnight All. Oh, mate, how good is that? I, saw it. I did see it earlier. And also the one behind me, which is the 10 to 1 yep. album. So um, you'll see me wearing these around very proud. Obviously, Midnight All fan, as we all are. It, so. As we touched on at the start, mate, and... Obviously, it was almost the last hurrah. Did, and you're and you're probably a lot more better to comment on this and like Lovey and I. Like I was, we've been at some great gigs since we've been doing the potty and that sort of stuff. Do you think they could go again? Like on the way, on the based on the way he performed last night, or do you think that's it? Q and the rack. Thanks very much. Oh, it's funny because you talk about going out with a bang and going yep. out at your best. And some players have retired like that um, in footy and other sport. And could they go again? You know, um, I actually think Hope Midnight all wrap it up now. They're in good health. Uh, they can go off and do their own projects. Um, I think Peter Garrett's got so much more to offer. He doesn't have to be in politics, but he can offer so much more from an advisory point of view other than uh, insulation. Um, but we'll see how... How uh, it all pans out for him. Um, then no doubt Rob Hurst is going to be involved in a band at some point. Um, mm. Jim McGinney is just way too good an artist not to be doing his own thing. Um, and I'm pretty sure they'll all put out individual albums. Maybe not so much Martin Rotzi, but I can tell you the new the new um, bass player too. Talk about pick up from where Bones Hillman um, sadly left off when he passed away, but. Um, his last name just escapes me for a second, but Adam, Adam the bass player, is just phenomenal. I, I thought what it was an amazing moment for me, um, two of my most loved bands, obviously walking down to see Midnight All, um, the, the great hand in, in the background there um, that was uh, up on the, on the screen, some kind of red lights, 
um, in the crowd in the in the stadium, and they play U 2s Sunday Bloody Sunday, which I couldn't, mate. I was pinching myself that how good, how good was that for me? Whereas the other night, the first night, the Monday night, they played um, Killing in the Name of. Um, or Rage Against the Machine, which yeah. I thought was kind of really, really a little bit brutal to uh, start off a Midnight All concert. Obviously, Midnight All didn't play that, but that's that was the, the uh, music selection. So yeah. interesting. But I, in, in in summary, yeah, I hope that's it for them, to be honest. I don't want a John Farnham 58 um, welcome back to us. Um, and, and Kiss did the same thing. And I think the amazing part for me was 29 songs they played last night and – I've never seen the band in such amazing form um, that that to me, that's it. That's how you go out. Uh, yeah. Rolling Stones kind of play about 17, 18 in their main tours. And I know they're kind of, some of them are almost similar ages. Um, go out with a bang guys record by all means record music, but you don't need to tour it these days uh, given the reach you've got. So um, guys, what have, what have we got to wrap up? Anything? Uh, uh, just a, going on. Yeah, just a, like I said before, quick shout out. I um going back to cricket. Uh, when was the last time I played? Two thousand three, would have been. Uh, two thousand two, two thousand three. And Who are you playing uh, for, buddy? Uh, club called Warrenwood. So it's uh in between in between Warrenite and Ringwood, if you like. Hence Warrenwood. How original. Um. It's a very large suburb, though. Good career club. Well, they'll have six senior teams this year. So for me at 46, I'm hoping to try and uh, get into the second team there in the twos and um, see how it goes. There's a few one days, so try and take the short, try and take the short handed or the long handled or a few of them in the first game. Then there's some two days as well. So, but I'll have a crack, have a go. If it doesn't work, stiff shit, move on. When you coming in, mate? Second drop, third drop. When do you think you might just make? Oh, a well, we've got a pracky match this week. We've got a pracky match this weekend, and one day against uh, Belgrave. So, I think once they've once they've eaten their wombats and possums up there, they'll come off the mountain and uh, and uh, have a go. And uh, that's fine. Um, I'll open, open the batting, and if I get a trundle, I'll get a trundle. Um, see how it goes. I just look like a. A fat, stumpier version of Matthew Hayden being a left-hander. So hopefully I can swing it like him. If I can swing it like him, I'll be going very well. Great to hear. Well, good luck, Lovey. Uh, good nice. luck to all the cricketers out there. That's uh, padding, padding up this week. And um, I can't uh, sign off without letting you know that I'm attending another gig tomorrow night, which is going to be a big one. Huda Guru. Oh, yeah. nice. Um, Huda Gurus, Danny Warhols, and luckily enough, even as well, going to open my music bowl. Um, I've got a commitment from my lovely wife that she's coming with me, so that's going to be a bit of a um, interesting one for her. She's not, she's not massive on these bands. But I was going to say that wouldn't have been too high on the lovely. Excuse me, no, lovely interesting, interesting enough, we I text her Monday night um, and she said, oh, how are you going? And I'm, the gig's about to start. And I said, the only thing that would have been cool is if you were here with me, right? And that sounds kind of corny and cliche, but it was actually our second date, believe it or not, was Midnight Oil, Diesel and Dust at uh, the Tennis Centre. 
the night before we, we went to the cure so it's a bit of a music uh into the fire um but i think um uh, hooter gurus as one have got some incredible tracks that um I'm really it's a danny cool. warhols danny warhols yeah, would be cool too yeah danny so danny warhols interesting enough um danny warhols i've seen them a couple of times but one of the first times i saw them was at the forum which is my favorite venue of all time and even actually open for them then so to see even on this same bill um is fantastic so shout out to his show favorite ash naylor um who's uh got some things on now obviously we've got a couple of public holidays next week guys um the first one that's been released is a good friend mate you said a little update that your lovely wife has posted mate I'll get to that. Good friend of ours, um, <laughs> Davey, uh, sorry, um, Brett Wolfenden um, and Davey Lane will be playing in this band, The Pitchers, at the Gem next Wednesday night. Um, great way to start uh, start a longest weekend. And then uh, Thursday night, I, I, we're going to try and get to the corner to see Dallas Crane and the Casanovas. Okay. So another... Um, Brett Wolford and special, so it's it's a case of Wolfie, Wolfie, and Wolfie, Wolfie. Or Wolf, guarantee he will find a place for Saturday and Sunday to be DJing as DJ Wolfie. So who knows um, if you boys are around? Uh, that's definitely one that should be on the list. Reckon the Wednesday could be a goer. Right, yeah, Wednesday, Wednesday night gig could be a goer. Yeah. And Cytel is exactly right. A moment of weakness, and she agreed to it. So because I told her. She said, oh, okay, I'll come to the next gig. And I said, well, are you sure? And she said, yeah. And I said, okay, well, it's actually Friday night and it's at the Music Bowl. And I can't find a better venue, to be honest. Um, it's going to be awesome. So as Sytel <laughs> said, uh, so much for the Beach House. Yeah, well, I actually committed to the Beach House <laughs> next, next week. <laughs> so well, there's always something is, on. Um, I'm enjoying this. This is amazing. And okay. we were going to go to the Beach House. Just on that, we were going to go to the Beach House Wednesday night. Now that the pitches are on, that might change. So who knows? There'll be a, a week of debate. Um, you, you, have, you, have, you, have well and, you have well and truly stuffed this up, Aaron. Yeah, I've got to stop advertising it on this. Yeah. because. Um, Love anyways, your barbecue. He might need a bed, not the right. barbecue. Um, there you go. Hey, look, it's next weekend. So you can, if, if you want to get your snobby attitude back in order, Glenn, there's still an opportunity to come over. <laughs> The same with you too, Aaron, and, and also uh, Dave. Actually, you know what? You know what? If you three can't get over and, so, and you've left Sightel in the breach, she can come over and have a sausage here as well. So, you know what? You, you've, you've stuffed it. Joe, you can come along. All, 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 all the better halves. If you've left them in the lurch like you've left me in the lurch for next Saturday, uh, more than happy to have a grand final one with them. You, no, you three mate, can I'll get stuck. Just have a thought. My dog's free. Because I know you're close. I'll send her over. Cuz, that sounds like we're signing off. <laughs> I, I, I want to sign off. <laughs> right, Cuz, hopefully tomorrow's a better day for you and doesn't end up <laughs> with another one of these. <laughs> All I can have say test, is paybacks, paybacks are bitch, boys. See you soon. At the test, See you, George. Just remember, just remember, until we're not, we're still premiers.
It's a grand old 